0: The Damaged Goods Podcast.
1: Yeah, that sounded like a jail call, bro. You know, like, <laughs> did not that, that sound were, like a jail call?
0: You have a collect call from yeah, Bill a host of Correction, Guy
1: Shirley, Walpole. <laughs> Are you just <laughs> doing those? Like, you know, if you ever had boys in jail and they want, they call you and then they want you to like three-way call somebody else. tonight yeah, yeah. three-way calls.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if it was if if there was fucking uh uh Zoom back when I was in treatment or in holding some shit, you'd be like, hold up, I'm getting a call. I gotta do like at least fifty push-ups before I get this call on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Uh, hopefully
1: like those days are behind, right? Now it's just like doing art and, and safe shit and
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, not always safe, but yeah, yeah, yeah for the most part. It's true. I, I I still gotta fucking do my thing.
1: Dude, you know you got the Like a lot of writers, man, you guys get the bug, and it's—I don't know if it ever goes out of your system, man. It's some—it's some magically impulsive, creative drive I've seen in all writers. It's—it's like—it's like like a magnet in your hand to whether it's a marker, a pen, a can, a piece of glass, etch bath, whatever, dude. Yeah,
0: it's—it's—it's. The thing is, too, like the true essence of graffiti, at least for myself, like the ultimate. just that vibe of like creating and obviously like actual graph is illegal. Um, at least that's just, my opinion is like real graffiti. It's illegal. It's the aspect of, of lettering and style writing illegally. You know what I'm saying? It's the rush of that. However, you know, I'm fucking, I'm 41 now, bro. Um, I, I, I've been around, you know, I'm fucking, uh, I still feel young in some aspects. Um, but as you can see, like, we were just, uh, you know, chopping it up before we started this. It's like, uh, I, I'm in my home, you know, this is, this is where I live. Um, and I'm very at peace. Like, I enjoy doing all these commissions. Like, uh, I get a lot of fulfillment out of that. However, I still do my thing. And anyone that, you know, is into the graph culture and just, like, follows graph, any, like, uh, actual writer, and I say it in that way, I mean... To me, like if you still write graffiti, you still probably get it in illegally. Cause that's the actual ass I'm not like a street artist. I don't just do like uh, you know, all these fucking legal ego jobs and shit. Um, I still I still do my thing, you know, and that's the that's the pie. I don't do drugs, obviously. You know, we'll get into that. I don't I don't drink. Uh I consider myself pretty healthy. I'm in the gym. Yeah. you know, I, I try to eat better. And I say try because I fall short. I'm not on some fucking crazy ass uh you know, you know, regiment that's, that I can't break, you know, but I, I, uh, I live a pretty healthy lifestyle nowadays compared to how I used to, I'll put it that way. Yeah,
1: no, and I mean, I know a lot of the dudes you were affiliated with because a lot of them were my friends and me, even dudes like me who weren't writers, The lifestyles were all very similar. And that, that healthy voice you're hearing on Damage Goods this week is a, is an old friend of mine. He's also a legendary artist, a legendary graffiti writer, and a whole lot more than that. My uh, man Jay Bax, all the way from the East Coast. If you could hear his fucking voice, you probably can guess where he's from, and the <laughs> fact that we're friends and shit. But um, it's it's I haven't seen this dude in in person in a while, and like he was just saying, he's working out shit. Like, dude, yeah, I'm I'm not as old as you, but I'm getting up there, and uh, it's nice to. See stay in shape when you all you see all your friends like falling off dudes with dad bods and they don't even have kids and shit you know just like
0: yeah Yeah, man it's uh well and not to get it onto a a fucking uh you know a sad note but a lot of my fucking homeboys that i was rolling around with and that you knew as well uh like a lot of friends drugs have, have taken them you know and uh yeah it's fucked up you know i've i've been on this uh I've been on a healthier route of life a majority of the last 16 years. I'd say 13 out of the 16. And I'm saying 13 out of 16 because I, you know, I've fallen short too, man. Recovery and just uh, life in general, bro. Um, it's a precious thing. And for a long time, I honestly could give two fucks less if I made it to the next day. My lifestyle showed it. The way that I painted showed it. The beef that I got into showed it. Just the fucking nonsense that comes with it. And, uh, You know, I I don't live like that. Uh, I'm also not a saint. I I definitely fall short in some areas. Uh, I'm known as kind of a... a, uh, Some people would say I'm passionate and some would say aggressive. Um, They could probably have to do with my upbringing. They kind of go hand in hand. The passionate version, I would say, definitely was molded more on the recovery side of things, to be honest with you. That's where I honestly view painting and doing these, you know commissions that i'm working on and and daily when i have the time because i'm an artist full-time now and i work in recovery and um yeah man i enjoy some small things in life bro where i honestly wasn't really into canvases and doing shit like that years ago and it's pretty fucking therapeutic these days you know
1: yeah nah dude like i mean you said something that i love when i hear writers say is regardless if you're slanging clothes or streetwear, doing canvases, legal walls, gallery shows, but they still maintain that, that aspect of, of, of being a writer that's going out at night, catching some fills, some hollows, whatever. And uh, I have a lot of friends, peers of yours that do what you do, like balance it. And some have gone just all the way this way, maybe because they made a lot of money or success and there was no reason for them to risk it. But even a lot of them still have the itch and uh, now, like you're saying, you're older. You're no longer in beefs and shit. I assume that beef Alive lot of it was graffiti-related. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, for the most part, yeah. And it's just, uh, you know, graffiti is a funny fucking topic. For someone that's so, like I'll admit hands down to anyone when it comes out, I'm very passionate about it. Um, anyone that considers themselves a writer, yeah. you know, you just the minute it comes up there's a there's immediate there's an- there's a bond to it do you know what i mean um I've gotten in a lot of trouble over the years because of it, and I can honestly say you know the balance of life these days um as much as I love doing these canvases and as much as I love having you know um job after job seems to come in nowadays That's sick bro. you know I'm doing it street smart is a clothing line that i had started years ago and it was it's always been something i've done with uh like shout out to my boy just he printed you know back in 2007 all the way up until like you know a couple years ago that was the main uh homie that always printed my street smart shit for me and he'd let me be like hands-on and he'd show me how to do stuff and um you know i did some fucking cool things with that shit and then i stopped for a while and now i've been back and uh you know my homie Three Ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that now for me, and he prints uh, the shirts for me, and I love that, and that's cool. And the reason why I'm sharing that is because, like, there's a balance because sometimes I just still gotta go get it in.
1: Yeah, you got you it, you know what I
0: mean? For it's the only way I can put it, and it's that fulfilling. I don't drink, I don't do drugs. I'm not knocking anyone that does, I'm just saying that for me, it's I'm all in or it's all out.
1: Yeah, yeah. And when I'm
0: all in, I fuck my shit up. You know what I'm saying? Jails, institutions, and death. Not to get all fucking, uh, ah, you know, fucking like uh, NAA, NA but I, I, you know, I come from uh, yeah. and that's that's what's that's what's been my medicine. That's my story. I had I battled uh, drug addiction for a chunk of my life, and now um, I like being healthy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I like being healthy. I like who the fuck I am. That shit took a lot of work. Um, I like transparency nowadays. I don't fuck with people. I don't keep people around me, bro, that are like, I feel like I can see through and that are phony. Um, whether it's family, friends, whatever, straight up. I don't even give a fuck if you got my last name. That doesn't mean I have to be around you. And that's not to be sounding bold or to sound like an asshole. I'm just saying that I value my life today, bro. And I fucking love my artwork. I love who I hang around with. And I love my job. Because I don't know about you, Jake, but there's been times in my life where when I woke up in the morning, my first thought was fuck. Yeah. Like I gotta do this day over again, bro. I gotta yeah. get mine in in the crimes escalated to get money to get drugs. And
1: yeah. you know,
0: that's a fucking miserable life, man.
1: Nah, that's the that's worst. That's a miserable life. You're drowning every day. You just feel like you're drowning every day, you're trying to get a
0: little air. Yeah, man. And it's like, I like the fucking shit that I think of today. And what I mean by that is you ain't gonna talk to anyone in life more than you, yeah. right? Yeah. And I didn't like that dude for a long time. And that's a fucking hard way to live life. Yeah, And it was, and I would react in other ways, whether it was, you know, potty 24 seven, whether it's beef on the spot, anything to get you out of it. Right. Oh, you ain't going over me. You ain't too. And I mean, shit, not to sound, but I'm still live like that. You, I don't also let ask, people go over me.
1: Like, does the beef subside, even though you still go get it in and you're older and wiser, does the graffiti beef subside at all or not? Nah, it's still always there. Yeah
0: and no. I mean, there's a lot of shit. Like, So I feel like the beef years ago, right? Everyone's trying to... You got your rep in your name, like in graffiti. Let's be honest. And there's a lot of different point of views. I've seen a lot of cool different interviews with what writers I really respect over the years. And they definitely come off very chill and humble. And and I fuck with that vibe. Um, And I know I can be more of a hothead and very like... Uh, respect is huge and fucking I mean I think respect's big for everyone but because your generation
1: the especially too all the, the cats I know your generation really uphold the um, you know the fucking ethos of graffiti very
0: hard yeah and it's like I mean dude we're out there risking shit and you know you're building a rep when you're younger and you're doing all this shit and to be honest with you part of it was fucking fun yeah I bet dude you i mean i I mean no one likes to get gone over, bro, but if you're like a real writer and you 're like out getting it in, you 're probably going to cross paths, and i don 't mean physically with someone, but you're crossing paths with their shit, or you don't like them or this, and looking back at it, man it just like fueled it was all part of the game. it was kind of fun to be honest with you yeah, and there's been beefs and there's been this and there's been that and there's been court troubles and and fucking <clears throat> excuse me, all of that um you know, and the, the cool thing now that we're chopping up and talking about it, that makes me think is like, and I've heard other writers say this and I love hearing it in interviews. Cause I'm like, yeah, man, I feel the same exact way. My, my like, uh, my lettering and my art and shit over the years has kind of always, uh, been represented by the way I'm living my life at the time. Mm. You know, uh, now I'm very calculated. It's very bright colored, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm um, pushing myself the last few years and pulling off things that I once said I couldn't. And we were talking about this before we started recording with working in recovery. A lot of people, and this doesn't even have to stay recovery. I want people to be able to just, uh, you know, fucking human that's watching you don't have to be in recovery to relate with the mindset. A lot of people sell themselves short. They say they can't, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't get in shape. I can't eat good. I can't lift that weight. I can't get that girl. I can't get that car. Motherfucker, you're right if you keep talking like that. And I'm more on some like, I thought like that and I don't now. So I like almost being like people's cheerleader, so to speak, right? Like, don't say you can't. Like, let's go get this. Like, I didn't think I could do portraits. So I found my niche. I like very funky. Anyone that's familiar with my artwork, I've always been known to do like funky color patterns or unorthodox letter movements, you know, where at least maybe one letter is completely different. And I formulated that and I kind of put that into my recovery or when I do clothing or when I do commission jobs or relationships, sometimes I like being the guy that. says some shit that maybe no one got the balls to say in the room, but I if like it that. means it's going to Betty, right? If it's, if it's going to be something that's being said that the truth's going to help you, then I don't give a fuck to be the only guy that got the balls to say it to you. Cause guess what? I want you to treat me like that too. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't, I don't handle myself away. Like, Oh, I'm exempt from someone talking to me like that. I, I ultimately, man, you know, my dad wasn't around for me growing up, and and I always looked over to the wrong bullshit, bro. Um, you know, I was looked up, I was like misinformed by the misinformed, as you hear. Yeah. Right. That I carry myself now, man, at 41 years old, the way that I the, like the guy that I needed when I was younger, if that makes sense. You want to be
1: that person, possibly for other people that come around you.
0: Yeah, and that's what I do. Like, I have a lot of shit instilled in me that my grandfather that I fucking hated hearing when I was younger. He was, he's, he's still alive. He, you know, he's a uh, um, very old school, very like, hey, you look me in the fucking eye when you're talking to me, like that type that's of shit. Shit though, that's the kind of shit I was raised with, and I appreciate those values, you know. Yeah, you know, and that's how I carry myself. Like, I, I deal with a lot of, um mental illness every day yeah i deal with a lot of um manipulative behavior drug addiction trauma you're talking about Um, the people you work
1: with and shit right yeah like as
0: far as working and involved with treatment right um and it, I take it on. I'm like an empath, man. When I walk into a fucking room, bro, like when you see, you know, you see all these memes nowadays, everyone fucking post shit, right? Vibes. If you feel bad, but motherfuckers, some people could, wouldn't know a good or bad vibe if it landed on their lap. They just like to post it. I truly, to the point where. When I walk in like meetings or like involved with addicts and treatment and stuff like that, man, like I feel that pain, bro. And I just like, I am passionate about helping people, man, because I needed to be helped. I needed to be helped. I needed someone to help me. I needed someone to show me there's a better way of living. And um, I'm fucking grateful to be a writer. And why does that tie into it? Because when I fucking put drugs and alcohol down in any of my battles over the years, man, yo, the shit that fully fucking rocket launched me into another atmosphere as far as passion was having my artwork. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't just about fill-ins. It wasn't just about trains or, or rooftops and all this shit, right? Which I love all that, and I've always been known as someone that's dabbled in all that. I'm not just known as a piecer. I don't just known as someone that bomb. I'm not. Just, I love graffiti, bro. I do. Um, but I also love my life, and I love uh, creating for others. You know, it's kind of nice to have a passion for something over the years, and then over time, that's turned into a business for myself. You know. Um, so it's a beautiful thing, man. Like I shared when I woke up back in the day, I'd be like, oh, fuck, I'll be miserable. Or like, it's like, yo, I got to repeat this day again. It's fucking horrible. And now I stop most days, man. I wake up and I work out and yeah, I, I, I like my life, man. Yeah, that's dude, that's fucking, that's, you
1: won. That's, that's what we should all strive for is to actually enjoy going through the fucking 24 hours and the next one.
0: Well, yeah, and I say that, I say that with confidence, man, because it wasn't always like that, man. And hopefully someone that sees this that knew me before they be like, Damn. Cause a lot of people do. And I, I'm kind of known as someone that's, um, takes care of himself or that's in recovery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I kind of wear that on my sleeve. Like I don't hide it. Um, I'm almost honest to a fault where it kind of not offends people, but they're like, damn, yeah, I didn't know you got it in like that. It's like, I listen, cause I truly learned how to like own my darkest days. That's one of the big things I say to, to people that are new to, um, you know, trying to get clean and sober and shit is like, because there's so much pain. Addicts, alcoholics, men just people in general. People walk around with a lot of pain. Ain't nobody fucking lived it, you know, uh, an easy life, at least that I grew up with, right? And when you can learn to own that, and what I mean by own it is like, it happened to you, some people have traumatic shit that happened to them, and that doesn't make you a bad person. And even the fucking bad shit that people did, including myself, that don't make me a bad person. Yeah. Did I do that shit? Yeah, but I don't let it own me, man. I fucking I do. I look at it, but I don't stare at it, and I try to do better. What was
1: if there was one moment or maybe a few moments, you know, where you must have been like, um, I hate this way I'm living. I hate myself every day. But what was, and maybe my artwork's suffering, whatever. Was there like a very distinct moment where you were like, I gotta get this shit straight. I gotta clean up. I gotta change change things.
0: Yeah. So there's there's uh. So, one in particular, man, um, so I I was in long-term recovery years ago, and in 2013, I had about eight and a half years clean. Oh, damn. Yeah, I was heavily involved in recovery, um, 12-step fellowship, commitments, going to facilities, speaking, you know, all that. Good life, had traveled, been in magazines, all these great things, all these things I had on a goals list, right? was in a relationship for years. She was also in recovery. We did a lot of cool things. You know, I did stuff with the clothing line. I, I even got to meet like DJ Khaled and Nina sky. I got to meet some artists and like do shirts for them. And had some homies that were on, uh, you know, 94.5 back then. Shout out to Roy Barbosa and, um, and yeah. master mills. You know, yeah. they hooked me up big time and I got to meet different artists and they were repping the clothing line, all, all this good stuff. Right. And, With eight and a half years clean, man, after drifting away from all this positivity, and I was actually heavily involved in, um, you know, just like a lot of graft beef. um, Just letting the fucking bullshit, bro, be what was important, right? Yo, I fucking drank after eight and a half years clean, right? Now, the craziest shit.
1: What was it that happened that right then just decided I'm going to drink right now? Well,
0: so I wasn't really surrounding myself with the right people back then, man. I was in and out of strip clubs, and I was fucking hanging around just the wrong people, fucking around with the wrong chicks. The lifestyle. Just all, you were doing all that sober for a little while, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Crazy, oh, and, and not wanting to drink, not wanting, not wanting I, to. But I. I, I could go to a club sober. I would fucking hate it. But uh that's I'm weird like. No, nah, I mean, I, I, you know, I a lot of my friends are like b boys and hip hop dancers and shit. So we go out and get it in and and dance and have a good time with all people, you know. So but it was the drama that I was getting myself in, women and relationships ending and that long-term relationship ended. And you know, um, I made a decision to drink. See now the craziest fucking shit happened the next day after drinking. Nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I woke up the next day, still at my car, still had my own apartment, still working in the barbershop. Okay. Here's the thing though. Here's what you couldn't see. I wasn't right inside after that moment because part of me was like almost scared. Like, yo, dude, my life, I had been known for the last eight and a half years and not just known out in like the community, but like known like for myself, like how I dress myself. I'm in recovery, I'm clean. And I wasn't no more. Yeah. And that shit got ugly quick, bro. Within a matter of a few weeks of drinking all the time, I got into a fucking high speed chase with my boy with Stadies. That went from, yeah, that went from a vehicle to on foot and got away. Now, yeah, because now the ego kicks in, bro. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to tell you what it is. No filter. That's, as a writer, bro, we could sit here, you'd need to do four podcasts with all the chase stories and all the bullshit, right? So yeah. now this motherfucking shit happens and that adrenaline rush, Yeah, that was on a different level, man, because we almost hit a cop. We still to this day don't know if it was like a sobriety checkpoint or something, but well, the I cop the was tape. out. Is that why you got in the chase? You saw a checkpoint or something? So I was the passenger. Okay. And this is so long ago that I don't even give a fuck that we're saying this on a fucking podcast. The Statue of Limitations is well- Entertainment if you listen. Yeah, to I, don't, I don't even give a fuck. So we're blackout drunk. Well, not completely blackout, but this is what I remember of it. I'm looking down at my phone and my boy's driving. And all I remember is him going, oh, shit, and swerving. I'm like, what the fuck? And when I look up, there's already blues, like the lights, right? Yeah, yeah. And he freaks out. And when we realized that that was a cop on foot on the street, like, "Yo, like, slow down. And he almost hit him. I literally was like, fucking floor it. <laughs> so he takes off. And it happened to be by an old neighborhood that I used to live in, so I know it. And it, this, we only got away because of this. Because he jumped that. The cruiser jumped right in the car, but we were already going like 50. Yeah. So when he hit it, when I looked in the rear view, that dude was only just getting the cruiser and we were so far up. I said, left, right, and I said, pull over. It, what's funny is my boy's driving, but I was literally commanding, like, yo, do this, do this, do this. And I said, pull over. We're getting out. And we fucking this. And you know, I'm telling the story, but it's all so quick that literally by the time he pulled over, I jumped out of the car went into the backyard and he jumped out. Within, like, I don't know, it had to be, it seemed like forever, but you know, only a few seconds after the cop comes fucking flying down. But he can't, he can't find us. We're hiding in yards. And now we have to make our way back a whole city over where my car's parked. And uh, the adrenaline rush of that night was so ridiculous, man.
1: I bet, dude. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it was like, I mean, from where we almost hit him to where we ended up parking, I mean, he got up to like 90 miles an hour. and We would have definitely got in some fucking, got our asses beat. Or shot at or something. Who knows? Because he almost hit him. Yeah, that's crazy. that's the part that's fucked up. He almost killed him. Because I remember looking up and seeing him go like this. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I that's um. Crazy. And, yeah, and it got and it got ugly after that because now it's drinking every night. Then me and that same dude got into a fucking car accident a couple nights later. Yeah. yeah, dude. yeah shit. And then it went to drugs. It didn't see. That's the whole head of the story.
1: It went back Because I started with drinking to the big yeah. substance that and. If I'm invasive with this question, you don't have to answer it. A lot of my friends from where we're from, uh that have passed away are still addicts. It's it's opiates, is what take
0: took everybody down that I'm close to. I didn't know if that was Yeah, my my shit's always been opiates and drinking. You know what I'm saying? I I, I got no filter when it comes to that shit. I uh, you know, I went from uh, you know, dabbling years ago drinking in the woods or at my, my house when I did live with my dad in high school. That was known as the party house A lot of writers used to come through there um, A lot of tattoo parties there um, You know And it started off with the drinking You know And I ended up You know It went as far as being an IV heroin user So Shit that once You would say I'll never do that Yeah That shit scares me I won't do that That's what the guy under the bridge does Or the homeless dude Stemming for fucking money does Right That's a fucking lie Cause there's people that bang dope Every goddamn day that got multiple businesses, yeah. Couple yeah. cars in the driveway,
1: families and kids and all that. Yeah.
0: Sending kids to college and they're still banging shit down because they ain't okay. They ain't they ain't right.
1: Yeah,
0: you know what I mean. And that's the mis that's the misconception is motherfuckers be thinking that addicts are you know just a mass av down in the jungle they're fucking banging. Nah, dude, it could be your aunt.
1: Yeah,
0: you know what I'm saying. It could be your aunt, your mom, whoever. You know, and I and I turned into that, bro, and um. So I think what we had started was was it what was the one crucial moment? And so what I'm getting at is that after going down that path and going down that path, I took I had another stint to get right, and I fucked up again. And um, you know I lost a really good friend, and mm. I've lost many good friends, but this one really rocked me. Okay, because this is a dude that didn't give up on me, man. He uh, <clears throat> he would come to the barber shop every week. Every every Friday, this guy would come to the barber shop. My boy Greg King, rest in peace, and he never gave up on me. He'd always be like, "Yo, when you coming back to the, when you gonna come back to the meetings, man? When you gonna, come? you know?" Because like I said, I was known in recovery for a long time. I had helped, uh, you know. When you're involved in it like that, you do. You help people get clean. That's just that's part of it. For me to better my life, I helped other people. And a lot of people stopped coming to the barbershop shop when I was getting fucked up because they don't want to see you in that condition. I don't blame them. Look at. In the moment back then, bro, I was resentful. Like, yo, fuck y'all. You don't want to come see me, right? But um, he never gave up on me. And, you know, clearly he was in some fucking pain, man. And he was hiding that he was using, man. And, um, you know, I always tell this story, bro, because he ain't alive to tell this shit no more. But someone near and dear to him passed away. And he was supposed to deliver the eulogy at that girl's uh, funeral yeah. who died from an overdose, right? A lot of times when I – this is probably the first time I'm sharing about him where I'm not really tearing up, bro, and I'll, I'll, I can honestly say that. would not give a fuck what anyone thinks. I uh, The guilt and shame that motherfucker must have been feeling, bro, to the point where he couldn't even make it to the next day to deliver that eulogy, man. You know, when he died. And he had a fucking appointment with me at 4 p.m. the day that he died. And I'll tell you right now, man, that is one of the loneliest 45 minute windows that I sat in my fucking barber chair. And I said, I gotta get right. I gotta get right. Um, You know, I lost a lot of homies from this shit, bro. And he rocked me. I got, you know, T's died from this shit. Delic died from this shit. Tomb died from this shit. Hells died from this shit. Mize died from this shit. The list goes on. of writers, right? And this dude wasn't a writer. But this shit rocked me. And... I said I gotta get right. And when I go to see Greg at his wake, I gotta get right. you know um, And I'll tell you right now, one of the hottest things ever, bro, to walk into a friend's wake and most of those people that are there are in recovery. And not only do I have to mourn my boy, I have to let them know that I need help. Yeah, that's one heavy. of the most yo, one of the most humbling fucking things I've ever done in my life. I got high. One last time, which was the following day after that, Jake, and I've been clean since since November nine, two thousand sixteen. So now I've been on track. You know, I'm four and a half years now, um, and that's that's where the whole thing comes into play. Where I said from two thousand five till now, which is what about sixteen years? So about thirteen of that I've been right. So how long after
1: getting clean again in two thousand sixteen? before you started working with people in
0: recovery or like just right off the
1: rip, or did you have to get, no, your- no.
0: Yeah. No, I had to get my shit right. And, um, you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of really, I have a, a good network of fucking tight friends, bro, that we've been tight for like a long time. Um, and they, you know, they own the treatment center and, um, that was a lot of guilt and shame too, that, you know, drinking with all those years clean and seeing, like uh, I enjoyed helping people, and that was something I eventually wanted to do, like as a career, you know. And then I thought I threw that out the window. And about nine months in, my friend approached me and was like, "Yo, I think you're ready." Mm. You know, and what's fucked up, right? Is right before I started working, you know, God rest his soul, he just passed away. Uh, DMX is I got a chance, so I, I got a phone call and I got some some texts and some missed calls. One night at like two in the morning, I wake up the next day and um, some friends are like, yo, can you cut DMX's hair? Now, just by the way I was reading the text, I'm like, yeah, he must be get, He must be trying to get right. Because if it's these dudes hitting me up, he must have came through, you know? Yeah. Yo, I got, that was a fucking quite the experience, man. I got to cut his hair, chop it up with him. um, Got to give him a shirt. Street Smart Shirt I did with, with, with Biggie on it Me and my boy Did a Biggie Marilyn and Lynn And we uh, You know I did copies of that shit And, and it was funny Because he's a Biggie guy You know And um, Yeah I got to bond With that cat It was pretty fucking cool man For to like a, a High school I don't want to say childhood Because he wasn't around When I was a child But like a high school Motherfucker is a legend You know His music is like uh, Speaks to your soul yeah. And You know Got to chop it up with him And then Started working there And um I slowly started to see my passion leave the barber shop and increase in art for working in treatment. Oh, working in treatment.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, man.
0: That shit became fucking easy, man. I mean, I was a barber for 16 years. So I've been standing on my feet. I've had a lot of different leg injuries. I've torn my knee a couple times through playing fucking football and, um, you know, softball. I was really into, you know, sports and shit. And, um, Yeah, man, I started to get really passionate for helping others that are just like me. And that's the the easiest, clearest way I can put it. The reason why I'm passionate about it, I said before, I've, over the years, turned into the guy that I feel like I needed or like the guy that I, you know, I don't know, the guy that just holds himself with some dignity and and is an addict that owns who the fuck he is and where I've come from and what I've been through. And, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not on some victim shit or like, oh, this is, this happened to me, blah, blah, blah. If anything, bro, honestly, some of the hottest shit I've been through in life, bro, I'm fucking grateful for. Mm. It's like literally the simplest way I can put it, man. Being picked on as a kid, you know, having to move around a lot. Me and my brother, we grew up on Section 8 welfare, so my mom moved around a lot. So I was always the new kid. Mm. So damn right I carry myself with some fucking uh, aggression and you know, you have to fuck, try fighting fucking two or three kids when you fight. A lot of kids, it wasn't even one-on-one. And I'm not even saying, I was not an intimidating looking kid. I was fucking tiny as fuck. I was always new. These kids always wanted to fight me. You know, then I moved to fucking Medford, which was like a super, like, just a racist time in my life. Like, I had a lot of black and Spanish friends. And I'd have to fight these fucking dudes just because, you know, my friends weren't white. It's like, whoa, we're, we're, this real life right now? Yeah. Um, But it it made me know who the fuck I am, bro. Getting picked on and not being accepted, I created... See, that's where the graph comes in, okay? I moved around a lot. Wasn't accepted, right? See, now, graffiti, right? I almost refer to it. It's like you're a fucking superhero. You got, like, an alter ego. Yeah. You can, like, create the world you live in. You move in the heat of the night. Your superhero is your style. Your superpower, right? Is how, how the fuck you're getting down. And I fucking sucked. I was a fucking toy when I started. And anyone that fucking fronts like they were this magnificent writer, you fucking lying or you bit your boy shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every once in a while, there was a writer that could fucking touch a marker or something where you're like, Yo, this dudes nice. And you're like, how the fuck are you 14 and that nice? You know? Um, but I sucked and so did everyone I fucking painted with, but you know what didn't suck? Our fucking attitude. I wanted to get good. Yeah. So I fucking painted all the time. I, I sketched, I did shit, you know, um, and that was honestly, bro, as much as I just went on like a tangent about addiction, all that stuff. My first addiction, bro, was graffiti. Well before I picked up bro, weed or any that, of that shit.
1: That shit's the most addicted shit I've seen, because I've seen so many people, yourself included, just once you get into it, you're in it for life. Like, like not because it's a gang or something, because you just can't not do it. It is I've seen people like compulsively like hold their hand back from grabbing a uni wide out of the back pocket. When I was with some cats out in Venice Beach like last week. My boy, and he's got a this writer from New York who's out here visiting. Who was his name? I won't mention. And it's like four in the afternoon. Mad people. We're having some beers and some food, and you're just whipping out the marker in the like Just no fucks. Just can't stop. Can't.
0: Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. You know. Yo, it's funny you said that because without saying I'm I'm pretty sure I know those cats too, and I think they crew, which is yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's uh, it is how it is. I mean, I I've toned down as far. I don't really get as. It's compulsive is that I'm very strategic actually nowadays, um, and that comes into the balance piece. I don't wall out every night.
1: Do you think that did I you learn recovery out. though that skill or did you that balance or did you always have that balance? No, nah, you couldn't have.
0: Oh no, I definitely learned over the years because there's times where I had years clean in a uh, previous relationship I was in. You know, she'd give me shit. I'd be out doing trains um, <laughs> when hard there was like beef, girl, man. Yo, when the there word. was fucking beef, yo. That word right there tore through some fucking, you know, relationship because when the beef happened, I wouldn't even be able to sleep at night. And so I'll go and just be taking shit out, just take shit out. Would she, would she just think she was in dangerous, worried for your well-being or just stressed from the whole shit? Um, more stress. Obviously, they don't want you to get arrested. I mean, you know, uh, I was a fucking adult even back then. Um. Yeah. You know, I was, so it's, uh, but it was just like, it would consume me. Cause I couldn't go to bed back then we shared a car. So I took the train still a lot back then. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one thing I do miss about that era is cause you were up on everything. When you take the train every day and you're seeing what's going on, you're seeing the track side, you're seeing if that got gone over or this. Um, and if something did, I took great pride in getting that spot back. Mm-hmm. For real. Like, there's times I've seen shit, and I was like, yo, that wasn't like that yesterday. And by the time the sun went down, I already got that shit back. And that's the part that, you know, being 41 and telling the story, I'm going to be honest. When you're in it, that shit sucks. Now, it's fucking kind of a cool story. And it's like, beef is just part of, if you do real graffiti, and you get it in like that, you probably, yeah, you probably have uh, some experience like that, you know, and it sucks. It does. There was a lot of shit that's gone on. Beefs that's gone on. Like actual, when I say beef, I don't just mean crossing each other out. I mean, fighting, stabbing, shootings. We yeah, have crossing paths have been and fucking box cutters. And, yeah, all that shit. Prison um, writing for, for a long periods of time. Yeah, fucking an endless amount of fucking community service hours. I don't care to touch on how many, but just like ridiculous shit. You know, being fucking court ordered to halfway houses and okay, well, if you don't complete this then you're going away to do two years or you know being stuck and holding for three months waiting or uh you know all that and um hey man it molded me into the guy that I am I appreciate my life today man I uh I, I carry myself um I carry myself the way that I want other people to be towards me meaning like I'm pretty transparent like yo this is what it is
1: yeah, you're a very honest dude. Very upfront person. Yeah,
0: just like oh. this is what it is. I don't fuck with certain shit. Um, I watch what people do. There's a lot of people that sound good, but I, I watch what they do. Um, and that shit's got to match up. Mm. Now am I saying I haven't fallen short or lied in my life? No, I'm not coming off like I'm a fucking saint. I'm far from it. I'm just saying where I'm at in life now, I, I do. I, I enjoy my life. I enjoy where it's going. And the fact that I get to truly do what i love like working in treatment like i enjoy that shit i'm good at it because i am an addict like i come from that so there's guys that fuck with a certain vibe and they'll tell you hey the fact that you don't sugarcoat shit i might not like what you're saying all the time but i fucking respect the fuck out of it those are the guys i fuck with heavy some other people might not want to hear and that's cool maybe my message ain't for you right and you'll appreciate this because you're a cat that does music and i've always respected you for that there's different genres of music Okay. And there's a song that me and you could bump right now and both get the fucking, the goosebumps on our arms. Right now you play that for some other cat and they might be like, yo, that shit's whack. Now recovery looks like that too. I have a certain way of delivering shit. I own who the fuck I am and I keep it on me. When I tell my story or I run group or I'm around people, I try to keep it on my experience, the way that I thought, where I've grown, what I've learned. Right now, when I do that, you don't have a right to be offended because I'm talking about me. Do You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not yeah. on some preachy shit. I don't like, Hey man, you got to do this. You got to do that. That fucking you, you, you. I say me, me, me. Yeah. And then if you fuck with it, it's we, 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 it's it for real. It's we, it's a wee thing. Like I'm not trying to, cause it doesn't work. Most people don't want to be fucking told what to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You know, And it's it could be the true. best medicine ever. And they're like, nah, I'm good. Cause he's telling me that way. And if you tell somebody something, sometimes I have this in me, just a natural inclination to
1: resist or rebel. Oh, I can't do that. I'm going to go do that. You know, that's exactly just my psyche. So uh, a lot of people, I like your approach. seems like it probably works more uh, well with kind of maybe the, the kind of people you you're dealing with in your, your recovery classes and
0: shit. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and, it, and it's all different kind. That's, that's what I love is this past year. So I did it for like a year before I went to Florida close to a year. And now I've been back about a year, but I've always, I've worked. See, here's the thing. Before working in treatment for all those years, I always worked with addicts. So it's just different when you're dealing with a treatment center or, you know, that's more professional. Cause you have dual diagnosis, you got <laughs> clinicians, you got all these different aspects, professionals, right? But as far as addict to addict, I can relate with any addict. And I almost like the fact that I get to deal with all different kinds, different backgrounds. Maybe some are institutionalized. You know, they've been in our jail. They, they've lived a rough fucking life. But the person that actually has a good outside life, like looking out, like, like uh, from the outside looking in, I should say, you're still an addict. And it doesn't matter what you're driving or what you're wearing or what your house looks like or where you lay your head, right? But it matters what the fuck's going on in that head, because you'll find people like that, that maybe we envy, right? I, I see some people that might have way more than me, and I'll still be like, damn, you know, I'm being realistic. There's some people have some nice shit, and I'm like, oh, I'd love to live in that house or whatever, right? But that same person don't like their life, yeah, because the outside shit don't truly matter. And I mean, I like nice shit, you know. um, but the shit that I truly value today that, like, was fucking hard fought and earned, man, is, is, is just it's very valuable. And it's like, I'm like that because it fucking was hard to get that shit. Yeah. Yo, it was hard to get that shit for me, bro. Um, you know? And that's why so many people fall so short. One of my boys, you know, shout out to my boy, Christy. He always says, um, talks about building a life worth living. And he he uses that phrase, you know, and I'm big on that too nowadays because uh, when I said like I'd wake up and you're like, oh, fuck, and a lot of addicts and and people that struggle with alcoholism and shit, they don't like their life. And it could look good, but they don't like the way they're thinking. And I've truly, with the help of others, built a life that's worth living. Like I get to sit in my living room on a daily basis and just bang out commission jobs and make money. And I can go paint a train if I want. And I can go get it in and do fills if I want, and I can do stickers if I want, or I can design t-shirts if I want, because I do, like, enjoy the aspect where you're not making money off work. That's not what it's about. That's a bonus. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It is. That's a, I never started off writing and was like, yo, I can't wait to make money doing graffiti. I'd never. But when you chase your passion, you ultimately, you reap the benefits.
1: Yeah. Yes. And
0: that's, I guess that's the best way. And it's being proven to me now because I just keep cranking out content, man. And and, and and I'm letting people into my life in a way that I never did before. And it's, it's like, you're just putting out this positive vibe and energy and flow. Like I'm in a flow state where I just think of something. I create it. I put it out there. I might put a little snippet of me doing the canvas, right? Like little teasers. Yo. And I sell mad shit like that.
1: Yeah. People are like, Oh,
0: that shit's dope. How much for that? And I'm like, oh, sorry, this is already sold." I don't, I don't like I'm at a point in life, man. I don't I don't sit at home and and just like aimlessly paint or draw. It's like for people that have commissioned me to do this shit. That's a beautiful thing, man.
1: Yeah, dude, that's a blessing, you know, especially coming off the road you walked and shit. And then now you like like you were just discussing earlier you get to, to take your art and your passion and kind of mesh it with the recovery, doing art therapy, which I think is fucking beautiful and unique. How did you, yeah. when did you and how did you kind of decide that I can take my art and incorporate it to help people?
0: So when I came back last summer, so what are we, at? May 19th? Yeah, so in a couple of weeks, it'll be a year. Uh, shortly after coming up, they gave me a time slot and I was given uh, Thursday nights you know, to deal with clients and I get like a three hour window when I first did it, I wanted to get acclimated with meeting some of these clients. So I kind of like told my story and more like, uh, you know, spoke from my heart and it was more of like open dialogue. They get to ask questions and then, and then I started throwing some stuff out there to, to, um, you know, supervisors and stuff that are, you know, uh, my bosses, so to speak. And like, yo, listen, I want to merge, you know, artwork in, in doing these groups. And, um, you know, once once people that didn't know me started seeing, like, what I can pull off paint-wise, then they're like, okay, we're on to something. And they're very big on, like, you know, we have a lot of um, musicians come through, anything from stand-up comedians, athletes, um, you know, just a lot of different shit. So I started doing and merging the paint to it, and I really started going on this, uh, you know, this approach with the mindset of, like, don't tell yourself you can't do it, Okay. Because most people respond when I say we're painting and doing like arts and crafts and they walk in and they see all the paint laid out. Because I'll, I'll have a whole table set up, right? With every color you can possibly think of with acrylic, paintbrushes. I got markers. I got canvases. I got poster board, all that, right? And they'll be like kind of overwhelmed. They're like, yo, what the fuck are we doing? And I'm like, that's the best part. Whatever you want. And they're like, what do you mean? Like For the next three hours, we're going to do artwork. They're like, oh, I can't do shit. <clears throat> so what I do is, The most common thing is people that have kids, right, they'll ask me to do their kid's name. So I'll sketch out the name. Sometimes it's a throw, a little quick, simple, right? And when you see these clients spend the next couple hours, if they're willing, because every once in a while you have someone that's a little resistant, maybe they barely participate, right? But I try not to, like, allow that. (laughs) For real, meaning, like, listen, you're not going to, I'm like, you're not sitting here on your phone, you're not going to, so you're going to do something, you know? And I build build up a good rapport with them, so they, they tend to listen. I don't even like to say it like that. It sounds like I'm a teacher. Like it, they, they respect it, so they're like, because I deal with them at housing. So I, I do a lot of different stuff. I deal with housing. I run group art therapy. Uh, you know, Chris had started a podcast. So you know, you build a relationship with these people, so they respect you when you're coming at them like that. And some of these clients, man, have fucking created some dope artwork, and they, they get excited after. Because people, we, you know, as humans, a lot of people block their fucking. They they're victims to their own bullshit, Jake. You know what I'm saying? They they're they're like nine percent of the time it's your own bullshit bringing you down. Yeah, and you're you're fucking falling victim to your own shit in the sense of you fucking believe that you can't do shit. And I have uh, so I had someone I forget who particular. It's been said many times, but I just remember being like, you know, you have a god given talent, and if I could paint like you, I would I would do it. And I said I'm gonna say right now that that's absolutely fucking bullshit. And they almost looked at me like they were offended. I go, let me break down to you why that's bullshit. And everything I just said to you earlier about graph is what comes into play. I said, when I started off painting, I absolutely loved graffiti, but I sucked And the way that I was trying to draw and paint. Didn't look anything like the shit that I looked up to. And I was inspired by, I said, now, if there's one thing I could tell you that's inspiring, it's that, most of the shit that I looked at as a kid, right? Because I started going to New York in like '92 to visit my aunt. My aunt got married and moved out to New York, right? So being into hip hop, I'd go to fucking New York and I'd see it and I'd be like a sponge, and you come back and you bite, you'd see other names, right? When I was like a little kid, you see names and you copy them. And I said, a lot of those names that I would take pictures of and see, yeah, and were inspired by, I said. I was like, and this isn't to sound arrogant, but a lot of those names I've painted with now at this point in my life, Absolutely. and I've become boys with, I've Absolutely. become friends with, yeah. I've become crew, I've become crew, they've, we've bonded, I've been at their houses, they've slept over, right? Like, I was like, so don't tell me that you can't do this. I say because I sucked when I started, and you see, because they'll see it, and they'll be like, yo, I can't believe you did that with spray paint, or, you know, I can't believe you did this or that, and I'm like, yo, thank you, and I appreciate that. But it wasn't God-given. I yeah. fucking earned every goddamn skill set I have because I just liked it. And it goes that way for too because they'd say, oh, it's tough for me to talk in group. I just wanted to be accepted, Jay. Yeah.
1: You know what I'm
0: saying? In life, I wanted to be accepted. Now, then carry yourself wanting to be accepted and come into the grips that you're a fucking junkie, bro. Yo, that's a tough dialogue to battle in your head every day.
1: Yeah. Because you got to accept it yourself, right? You got to accept
0: that you're a junkie. Yeah, and that's a fucking hard pill to swallow. No pun intended. But that's fucking like to, to to not like yourself, to realize that I never once in my life was like, yeah, I want to grow up and be a fucking loser. But I had to fight through that shit, and I had to fight to be fucking good, and I had a fucking fight for respect, and then literally fist fight to fucking go to school, and then graph, and then this, right? And pay all your dues, do all this shit, and then I bring it in, I say, I didn't always sound this confident when I talked. I used to be ashamed to be an addict. I sucked and didn't like the way that I draw, contemplate and given up on graph when you're younger. Right. And that's not how I feel today. I'm confident as a man. Do I want to do better and have some things I'd like to change still? Yeah. I think that's part of life is like, if you don't want to evolve constantly, then what the fuck are we even human? Like you should want to always evolve. You know, I always say competition is me. Like your competition should be you. Yeah, I don't try to be better than my friends I have friends that are doing a lot better than me And I fucking clap loud as fuck for those dudes
1: Yeah, you got it
0: That's a true friend Yeah, You know what I mean? And like, I got that way by fucking putting the work in I like who I am today, man I like who I surround myself with Um, I like to I help others, man I was a very selfish fuck, like most addicts are And then I got clean and became selfless We're like You know, to put your shit on a fucking back burner and help someone out of this shit. It feels the good. Same kid that would, the same kid that would rob a fucking store for DVDs to get off E
1: yeah.
0: is now fucking helping people. You know what I mean? Like wholeheartedly. Like I enjoy helping people, man. And I enjoy my artwork and I enjoy all this stuff that I put hard work into, you know? And it's really fucking dope to merge all of that shit into like an art therapy group, man. People will say it. That's my favorite thing. They're like, dude, these last two hours, I haven't been stressed out about nothing that's been bothering me. I really listened to you and was like, I'm going to fucking paint this canvas. And it's dope, bro. It's fucking, I actually wish I had something to show you right now because uh, it's kind of cool. You'll see certain stuff that's sketched out with lettering. It's obvious that I sketched it, but to see what they do with that, like, yeah, is dope.
1: No, definitely.
0: I mean, I, I got into art when I was a kid
1: my, my Irish grandparents were both painters so I paint then I got into like drawing the like, graphic shit like comic books and that was before skateboarding and music and now I write books but all of those things especially the starting with visual art I w- I had some of the same issues that you described growing up so it was like a, it took me to another place I didn't need the tv or nothing my my imagination in a, a pad and a pen or some fucking watercolors whatever I was in another universe and uh it was great to be able to transport out of wherever I was, especially if there's some stressful shit, bad shit going down in the home, school sucks, whatever. So these dudes in your, in your art therapy classes, they're struggling with this addiction issue. They hate themselves for two or three hours when they're with you and they forget. It's cause you provided them an option, ability to exercise these, I wouldn't even say skills, but just scratch these itches and transport themselves in a whole nother place. Dude. I love the escape that all arts provide. And I imagine when you're, a, whether you're 41 year old back or fucking 14 year old back. See, when you were out there fucking just crushing a burner or just catching some fucking tags, you were probably just in another
0: universe, free from all the bullshit, you know? Well, and, that, and that's exactly what it was. It was getting my, that was the first experience of getting out of myself. I was picked on as a kid. I wasn't accepted. My fucking household was ridiculous, bro. My this drug addiction throughout my whole goddamn family. Uh, family members have committed suicide because they couldn't deal with it. Like, I got a story, bro. We all got a story. And one of the things I've always said for a long time is the pink got a story to tell. And one of my big goals, and this is the first time I'm going to say it, you know, out loud to the public, is I want to write a fucking book.
1: Holl at me, dude. You
0: know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah, you. I want to I, I fucking write a book you that's like, it. has do to it. do with graph and recovery and addiction.
1: Do and
0: um, yeah, like a no holds bar just like, just the pain has a story to tell. And what's fucking crazy is I've had that name mm. for so long and then they dropped that Biggie documentary, a story mm. to tell or us. Oh like that. yeah, yeah. Ah, Yo, I watched too. that shit a few weeks ago. I was like crying, I'm a biggie guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like a fucking, how I'd call a biggie guy. And um, I just like that expression. Like,
1: yeah, dude, that's got a story idea, to tell. Man. And as a guy who writes books, you should do it. Cause once you start putting the words on the page, it's not only like going to feel incredible, and get these thoughts out of your body, but you have a good story, and that's something that people can't take away from you. You could write about some other shit, some guy who wants to paint in Florida, but when you tell your own story, it's unique, because ain't nobody else lived your life, dude, and you got a great story, naturally. Some people do have some boring ass lives, and you do not have one of those, dude, you got a good one, so like, dude, chase that, dude, do that, because you're doing all this other shit, you could do anything,
0: you know? Yeah, and it's something, if there's one thing, man, too, in the past, like, handful of years you know um it's when you have goals when you write them down and you discuss them that shit becomes real mm-hmm. and i did that in florida before i came back up and all the shit that i had wrote down you know has been accomplished so it has me on some like okay we need to go bigger now yeah because for real like recovery's recovery is provided like years ago i wanted to do a clothing line or or, or just Something along those lines, like creating your own fashion. And I did that. And I've done some fashion shows. I've done some art shows. Um, I've had artwork in, um, you know, on TV. Uh, I actually, as a barber, got to go um, to a couple different concerts that Lady Gaga did. Because one of my boys was dancing with her for years. So I got to go to the Boston Garden. I got to go to the Wayne Theater. You know, I got to like, you know, they almost brought me on tour to be like the barber. Um, which was fucking dope to even possibly have that happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I've done like a lot of cool shit with being a barber and a writer. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't even identify as like just a graffiti writer anymore. You know, it's just like, I used to not be like, I'm not an artist. And it's like, nah, I am. Cause I do a lot more than just do graffiti. Yeah. I'm a creative type. My brain doesn't ever shut off creatively <laughs> I almost analyze every fucking thing there is in the world as a possible color scheme. Um, you know, I love color schemes. Even when I was younger, I liked mixing colors that maybe are unorthodox that people wouldn't normally, you know, go with. Um, so it's just nice to be able to live my life where that part of me doesn't have to shut off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can just exercise that muscle all the time, man.
0: All the time. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah. All the time, bro. I'm like a big kid. I always joke and say, you know, most kids, <laughs> most kids, either nowadays or when we were kids, drew something, and as much as it sucked, someone you lived with put it with a magnet on the fridge, right? And was I got proud five, as fuck. Sends
1: pictures up on the yeah. yeah it, it could
0: be fucking scribbles, right? That shit. Hey, little Johnny did this. Look at that. It's amazing, right? Like this fucking kid didn't even stay in the lines, you know? Right? <laughs> but who gives a fuck? <laughs> Who gives a fuck? You're <laughs> proud of it. And they put it on the fridge, right? And I'm like a fucking 41-year-old kid. It's like, hey, look, I did that. Dude. You know, and I look at it, and I sit there, and I analyze it sometimes. And, you know, as artists, we're like the fucking our own worst critic. I can imagine there's been times you've laid down a verse. Oh, yeah. I don't know how much you're doing music now, but I know you were fucking nonstop before. Oh. And you might think you killed it, but then you listen to that shit a million times. You're like, I could do a better verse.
1: I pick everything apart, like you do. Yeah. Very self-critical. Nothing's good enough. I'm
0: always going over shit editing shit and you know what though and I told my little sister this the other day because she she kind of falls in my footsteps as far as like she has it like she likes uh you know painting and she's done some dope canvases and what's funny though is like i seen her at my mom's and I was like yo that you need to do more like that she's like that one's all right and I started laughing I was like oh damn I was like you're definitely an artist I said I'm gonna tell you right now though because I view my stuff like that, that's how I got to where I've gone because I still want to do better. You can never be fully satisfied because you're always
1: trying to outdo yourself. And that goes back to what you were saying before about making competition within yourself because then you're not measuring yourself against what anyone else is doing, but just always outdoing yourself. And you can you can see that in the greats of any realm of art, you know, or even in Athens, you know? Yeah. And I look
0: up, yeah, I look up, there's certain writers still to this day that even from when I was a kid, I just, I'm very inspired by their drive and their push to be well-rounded and everything. And I've always, bro, we could chop it up about just tags and hand styles for an hour.
1: Yeah,
0: And I'll fuck with that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I love that aspect. I, I can, I can, I've done canvases recently with lyrics because people are like, yo, I just want those hand styles the way you do them dripping that, and fine. turn that into an art form. Right. And just layer it with grays and blacks. And it's just hand styles. Okay. Perfect example. I'll show you. I got someone ordered this from the, yeah, that's you Ill. know, di- damn right. I like the life I live cause I yeah. went from negative to positive, that's you Ill. know, um, 'cause that's the fucking that's the first form of fucking being a writer in my eyes, man. You got a lot of motherfuckers nowadays you give them 50 colors in a legal wall for 13 hours or a weekend. Yeah, that shit looks ill, bro. Yeah. That looks ill. But if you can't pick up a marker, yeah, just hit my black book and make it look fresh, yeah. Yo, if you don't have a hand style, you ain't got no style, bro. And I ain't trying to fucking rain on anyone's parade, um but I mean, I guess I am. <laughs>